Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand together. Amen. Great to be in God's house. Great to see all of you. Brother Sherwingo, amen, made it back from the Congo. Missed you. Amen. Glad you're back. Hallelujah. Amen. Hope you had a great trip, productive trip. Amen. Things are certainly good here. Amen. What some services we have had lately. Amen. Falling out, aisle running, Holy Ghost, tongue talking, devil chasing, all kind of stuff happening here. It's good report for you. Amen. 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 All of our people, when you're not here, we miss you. Amen. Want you to be here. Hallelujah. Enemy will figure out all kind of things. Sometimes we have to be away, but the enemy will figure out all kind of ways to keep you out and keep you away. Amen. Oh, and the Gregories are back. I mean, they were back Wednesday night, but last week they were out in no man's land in western Maryland. That's where they have the good weather out there. When it's steamy, burning up hot here, they'll say, well, out in western Maryland, it's 68 degrees out there. You know, and I'm like envious of those people out there. So I don't blame them for going out and seeing their folks. Amen. Always glad to have you back. Praise God. Amen. Brother Keith, you just did fantastic. That's how you do it. You just make your way to the altar. Pray back through. Amen. Because every little mistake that you make during the week, every little slip of the tongue, every little this, the enemy will beat you over the head with it, tell you what a hypocrite you are in front of everybody. You're not living for God. Anybody ever been through that? I have. Yeah, about 20 minutes after I received the Holy Ghost, the devil started on me. You know, you didn't talk in tongues. That was just you doing that. That's a bunch of gibberish, and that's a bunch of, you know, just all the whole whole deal, you know, to try to tear down what God did for me. Amen. And so he's no respecter of person. He'll do that for you. Amen. Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 40 and verse 4. And I, I, I don't hardly know where I am and what I'm doing here, but I do have a thought, and I feel like it's from the Lord. Uh, about three years ago, I used this same scripture, and I still can't feel like I can get away from this right now. And uh, I'm just going to try that again. Uh, it, it, it could be, and I'll, it's maybe it's self-explanatory when I get in here and talk to you about what we're I don't want to confuse us because this is a confusing part of the. It could be. Amen. And I'll just start. Glad to see you. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? All right. Anybody anybody need to pray through that didn't get prayed through? Well, we'll just help you out here. And I'll just omit all of this, okay? And we'll just, have, just deal with you. Amen. Because we want everybody to pray through. We want everybody to talk in tongues. Amen. That's how God speaks to us and through us. And so that's what it's about. Ezekiel 40 and 4, And the man said unto me, Son of man, Behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears, and set thine heart upon all that I shall show thee. For to the intent that I might show them unto thee, art thou brought hither, declared, declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. God showed Ezekiel just before you be seated, and let me just qualify some of this. Showed him a vision of a man with a measuring reed. The man is measuring various areas in and around the temple. Amen. The breadth, the height, you know, certain measurements of the building. The threshold of the gate, the porch of the gate, uh, and the post thereof. Now, let me just confess to us, or maybe let me just alert us right now. Uh, from our text here in chapter 40, to the end of the book, it's, it could be very difficult to understand. Uh, we could take it all kind of ways here. And of course, the, the word has to be rightly divided. It has, to be, it has to be put in the proper place because holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Spirit. So, so if they were in the Spirit when they wrote these things, it would pay us to kind of pray through and get in the Spirit to be able to kind of get on some of the, the wavelengths here, the right ones. But Bible scholars have different opinions of what they see or feel was being described uh, in this, you know, in this case of you being measured and what's this all about. But some say that this is a description 
of the restored temple that was complete in the I think the 6th century before Christ and others believe that it was the temple that was built by Herod and still others believe that it is a temple that may be built during the time of the millennium so so it, it just a lot of opinions and ideas I, and and it can be and could be confusing I'm, I'm just if I could just step out by faith here and I'm not all by myself I'm not the only one that believes this uh, but the most common view is different from the others uh, it's actually what I believe here uh, is that Ezekiel caught a glimpse of what is now the church and it was not a literal building and if we're carnal and human and I'm not saying this I'm just and I could be missing it alright but I still have some good points and ideas if this is what it is if this was God's intention speaking to Ezekiel and he saw that vision of the man with the measuring reed and, and all of this I, I just think we could still get some good things out I don't want to qualify it because you can't add to we're not allowed to do that we're not, we can't take away All right. however there it is in the scripture so there's a possibility and if I can do this by faith there's a possibility that I'm right here I'm, and again I'm not alone in this hallelujah so if we are correct, if this is what God is trying to show us, the, in other words, from Ezekiel's time, if he's showing him the future church, which is today, which is now, amen, hallelujah, God's showing Ezekiel the spiritual vision. Uh, what it's telling us is that, you know, it's it's not what the church, I mean, it, this looks pretty sad, all right? It's what the church could be lacking. It could be something. It's a church, all right? Uh, not what the church should be, but it's what the church could be, all right? Maybe we put it that way, all right? Hallelujah. And the measuring read, I promise you this, you put the, you put the measuring read on something, it can be very upsetting and, and very disturbing because it tells it just like it is. You ever see something that you thought was level? It looks level to me. And then you put the real level on it, and you see the bubble is like, oh, I didn't see that. See, it tells the true story. Hallelujah. I used to tell people when I first started getting this, I didn't, I, and I first started buttoning my coat, I said, you know what? I'm always on the level because the bubble's in the middle. <laughs> You can count on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's the same time I started wearing rainbow ties. That's the ones with the pot at the end of them. Hallelujah. What we wear around here when you get a little age on you. Amen. God bless you. Look over and smile at somebody. Amen. Tell them they look all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Don't want to confuse us, like to help us. Don't try to, my job is not to complicate things, but if I could see something like this, maybe we can take a thought from it and get an idea from it and help us, amen, simplify it here. The most disturbing aspect of this temple representing the church, if that's what it is, okay, I'm giving myself all kind of cushion here. Uh, is that much of it, though beautiful, it was ornately detailed and designed. It was the disturbing part that it was small and narrow. It was, it was characterized, if you read these scriptures here, it was characterized by little windows and little chambers and narrow hallways. Now, I don't know if you know it, but the struggle that I had here, you know, was when we remodeled this building that we're not going to be able to get much bigger than what we are right here. We've got out here where you are, Sister Melissa's got all these figures, right, but it's, 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 it's changed a few times because we've taken a row or two out and added a row or two here. But it was two, it's 270-something chairs, 276, 278 right out here, Okay. So that's not too far from the 300 mark. 
but because we're moving under the grandfather clause uh, and we don't have to get new permits and we don't have it's, it's, it's the, the builders helping us with this we're avoiding all kinds of situations where they would put the measuring rod on us and then you're going to have to buy this and pay for this and pay these penalties and, and so because we're coming under that we are allowed to expand up to right around 300 but we'll have that but just between us and don't let this this you know CD get out to just anywhere and everybody, amen. But but let me tell you, Pentecostals, we could narrow these aisles just a little bit, amen. We could bring another row or two up here. We we can have 300 plus in here at the drop of a hat. That's just between us. We're just not saying that out loud too much. All right. So they're saving us all kinds of dough. And if we do fill this up, brother Chad, brother Jerry, if we do and we will. Not that far from that now. I see a lot of empty spaces out here now. Amen. And that's an affront to a revivalist. Amen. We're supposed to have this place filled. And, and I'm with you. In two or three years, we could be building another building. All right? Because God can do it quick if he wants to. All right? We could have this property down here and building a building on it. All right? But between that time, if we fill up quicker than that, guess what we'll do? We'll ju- we've got enough preachers around here. We've got enough talent and musicians to carry another service. We'll go to multiple services. I've known churches that would grow so fast and so quickly, and they would have even bigger buildings than this, and they would have to tell folks, now, folks, if you come to the AM service, please don't come to the PM service. Please stay home. Now, we've not had that problem yet, amen, but but it, we could. We could say, now, if you come to the PM, don't come to the AM. You know what? People are going to slip in here because the power of the Lord is good and it's real, and, and that's what we're dealing with. We're, hey, 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 you were here this morning. <laughs> we can't be having that because we don't have enough. Hey, listen, there's a way that it could be done, all right? Amen. And so, so God can help us and bless us. I know people who do three services three services because their building is not big enough to house everybody at one time. Hallelujah. Amen. And this lesson you was teaching this morning, amen, about growth. It is the will of God that we grow. Listen, we talked a little bit Wednesday night about subjects that the, the Bible is chocked full of these subjects and you've got whole denominations that, that, that they act like it's the plague. It's like the guy that prayed through here, spoke in tongues, we baptized him. I'm just curious. I'm not out to cross swords with every denomination uh, in the country. I'm not here to pick a fight. I am, amen, called of God to preach his word and preach his truth. And you start preaching truth, you're going to make some enemies. People's going to be calling you names. But I'm just curious, and I said, the church he came, a denominational church, a large organization. I said, I'm just curious, how, how did you folks deal? How did your, your, your church and your, and your leaders, how did they deal with the book of Acts? See, that's the history of the church. That's where it all started. Now, Jesus had to come and die, and he kept talking about it. i got to die, and his disciples didn't think they wouldn't accept that. And, you know, I'm with you now, but I shall be in you, the hope of glory. And they didn't understand all of that, but he was preaching that to them. Amen. And that all started, you had to have the Gospels, and even the Old Testament talked about speaking in tongues and the Spirit moving. I said, well, what would you all do with that, with the book? They said, man, we didn't even go there. That's what we're dealing with out there, folks. People have been trained and taught to stay away from the very thing, the very truth. Amen. See, if we'd have been in some churches, Brother Ruck would not have been allowed to move in the Spirit and prophesy. Prophesy to us very uplifting and strong words of encouragement to bless us. And listen, I don't know about you, but I need that every once in a while. I like good preaching. I like good teaching. I like good worship. But once in a while, amen, right out of the congregation, God will put his hand. Listen, the Spirit will... The, the Spirit will let you know if it is or not. You know, Paul said, try the Spirit and see if they be of God. You try that some places and see how long you last. Because all of this is gone and we don't do that anymore and don't even go near that. This is what we're dealing with, folks. And so when we get a breakthrough in the right spot, in the right place, amen, people that are hungry, not for a religion, not for a denomination, not for a wonderful great preacher with a wonderful personality that says everything, everything right. No, no, no. They are looking for a relationship with God. 
Amen. And you know what? If they don't find it in the church, they'll get into all kind of spirituality and, you know, somebody will be reading their palm and, you know, looking through a glass. That's what people are in search of. The bars fill up, nightclubs fill up because they're feeling, you know, it's amazing. You can see a liquor store and they call it spirits. It is a spirit. It's the wrong kind of spirit. <laughs> That's what they're in search of. They don't know it. Hallelujah. They're looking for the true spirit, the right spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Well, this is what we're dealing with, and I can't wait till we start bursting out. Amen. With brand new people in here. Amen. I'm going to tell you, folks, we're getting ready to start. We don't have a date, I don't think, Sister Melissa, I don't think we have a date to start. But in place of Sunday school, there's some of you already want to teach a home Bible study, but you don't feel qualified. Already people coming to me, amen, about this. We're going to right here on Sunday morning. We're going to be, that is the Sunday morning thing we're doing. No, it's the Wednesday. Sunday night, yeah, thank you. Sunday night, we're going to start a different class. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, uh, we're going to start a class, and anybody that's interested in doing it, we're going to be teaching the home Bible said lesson number one right here. And in the middle of those lessons, we're going to start telling you some do's and the don'ts, and it's just years and years uh, uh, you know, of mistakes we've made and mess-ups we've did, you know, but we're going to use the truth, and you can learn every lesson, amen, and you can go out and teach a Bible study, and the devil don't like that because he said, ye shall know the truth. Hey, by the way, you don't have to know all the answers to teach a Bible study. We're going to teach things like how do you handle that one person, the devil sent him there. You might have, you might have five or six or seven good people, just whatever you say. They just, but you're going to have one person that he's going to try to, he's there, he's placed there to throw you off course, amen, to show everybody how much he knows about the Bible. He don't know much, but he knows just a few enough pet scriptures to say, I want to know if Adam had a navel. Sir, that's a good question. <laughs> But, you know, I, you know, I'm going to jot that down, and next week I'll have you an answer for that. Learn how to circumvent and get around people who are there for one reason. That's to throw you off track and just, just get you off course and keep you from teaching the truth because there will be a bunch of other people there. They're there to find out what the Word of God really did say. And they don't care if Adam and Eve had a navel or not. Somebody said, what happened to that flaming sword of that angel that was outside the Garden of Eden out there? I said, the flood put it out. Next question. <laughs> At the end of that, you know, all of that is just goofiness. Amen. Paul said, avoid those kind, of cuss, those kind of questions. Ignorant and unlearned that goes nowhere. Understand what that's about, all right? Everybody said Amen. Praise God. But, but, it, but, but this, this vision that Ezekiel saw, he, it, it disturbs us because, and I'm sure it disturbed him if he knew what it was about. I don't know if he really did or not, but it was, it was detailed, amen, very beautifully, but it was small, it was narrow, amen, and it had little chambers, it had narrow hallways, the gates were narrow, and the windows were narrow. I mean, let's focus on the narrow windows just a little bit here. Maybe we can get something out of this. What do they signify if this is the truth, if this is the future church that Ezekiel was being shown here, amen, in this vision? First of all, those little windows, amen, they don't distort the view, amen, they restrict it. Or they limit it, but they do not distort it. It's clear through a little window, just like a big window. But you just can't see as much unless you get right at the window and put your one eye up there, and you can see a little bit more. But if you're back in the room, the smaller the window, the less you're going to be able to see. So it's got to restrict our vision of what's going on outside. We're in this church. We're in this wonderful place, this city of refuge that God has provided and birthed and brought forth and allowed to be. Amen. And we're in this place. And it's so easy 
to get caught up in the actions of the church and in the workings of the church. And there are certainly ministries that we need to, to learn of. And, amen. But there's a whole world outside that's trying to get in here that some of us, if we're not careful, if our windows are too small, then we'll not even know that they're suffering and they're, and they're in search of something from God. Amen. We'll have our own little house with our little rooms and our narrow windows and I'm happy with me and my four and no more and they can just all go to hell because I'm on my way to heaven we can't do that we have to break out those little windows and build some bigger windows we are inside amen we are in the city of refuge there is a wall or a building around us but there are people who need amen they deserve the Holy Ghost and the truth just as much as we we certainly didn't deserve it Amen. But somebody saw through that window enough to see us out there and they gave us an invitation. They taught us a Bible study. Somebody took time to preach to us about the power of God and the real spirit of God that will come and be that comforter that God said he would be to us. Amen. I knew when I was just a small kid, let me relate to some of you. When I was like 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 years old, I remember talking to a friend and looking up into the heavens and wondering if there was a God. What a discussion that a 10 or 11-year-old can have. Is there really a God out there? That's built into every one of us. Now, they got guys out there that explain all that to you. You've got to be careful with that. Amen. That's why we need an experience. We may get off on our doctrine. We may have to be corrected and by God or maybe by an elder or someone. But, but, but when we, that's okay. We'll do that. We'll misstep every once in a while. Amen. But if we ever get that experience, amen, like Brother Keith had in the baptismal tank, it was just strange. I've seen it before. I recognize it. Amen. And we've been seeing him in and out around here for several months now, you know, quite a while. So we know him. But when he came up out of that water, the other Sunday. Amen. I looked right over and saw him. It was like a glow on his face. It was like, what what hit me? What is this? It was exciting. It was a feeling, amen, that he had never had before. Hallelujah. Well, see, you can't shake that. You may mess up and you probably will. Amen. You may fall flat on your face. You may try this, try that, but you will never, ever, ever forget Amen. That experience that you had with God. That's why we need an experience. That's why we don't need to settle for less. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm reminded of my friend, my wife and I knew him for years and years, Howard O'Gwen. He was a drunk. I've talked about him. Sister Donna, you've heard me say this a jillion times. Amen. Come up, become acquainted with Howard. He lived in Natchez, Mississippi, which was about 30 miles or so or away from my, the church we were assisting in. Well, Howard had, had been kind of like Jeff Arnold. He had walked the aisle at Billy Graham Crusades. He had signed every card that he could, took the right hand of fellowship, accepted Christ as his personal Savior. He, he, he just had a long story. Howard talked real slow. And he, he had, to, had to take a while to hear him talk, but he was smart. People didn't realize that ha Howard was bright, but he talked kind of like this. And... Uh, he was hungry for God. He would go to revivals to church. And they would, he would accept Christ and shake their hand, and he was sincere. And they'd say, well, we're going to pray right now, and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And, and he'd kneel down, and the preacher would pray, and, 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 and he'd say, well, how do you feel? I've heard him tell these stories. How do you feel now? He said, about the same. You know what? He was honest. But I remember in that revival in Wisner, Louisiana, amen, he heard about the revival. And here's what Howard said. Listen, listen, you don't have to get all excited and, you know. No, no, no. It was such a smooth thing that took place here. Howard, he looked up to God. You couldn't get him all shook up and get him, you know, because people claim that you get people just saying the wrong thing. You get to saying hallelujah quick, hallelujah, 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 and then you just, and it'll just get all messed up. And you'll, no, no, no. That you don't need all that. All right. One guy said, "You just tell her. Guess how you pray them through? You say, see my tie, tie my tie, see my tie, tie my tie.' You just keep doing that, and after a while, you'll be speaking in tongues. Oh, you got it. No, that's no, you don't got it. That ain't it. You know. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. It's all kind of craziness out there. All kind of crazy. No, no, that's not. The, he, they, they spoke in tongues on the, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Hallelujah. You don't, want, you don't have to pull all those tricks to get people's tongue all tangled up, tied up. No. Howard got down and he, and he told us, as my wife is witness, he said, Lord, if you're really real. And he probably said it, Brother Ruck, slower than that. And if this Holy Ghost is real and I can have it, I, well, I want it. At that moment, the Holy Ghost just settled on him. And Howard began to speak in a language that he'd never heard before, never learned before. Amen, Howard. And I'm going to tell you, Howard was a drunk. You know, he wasn't an alcohol. Alcoholics have to go to the meetings. The drunks don't go to all the meetings, all right? He was just a drunk, okay? <laughs> and he claimed himself that he had been drunk 25 years at least, day and night. And most people get up in the middle of the night and get a drink of water. Howard would get up and get a drink of whiskey. Never sober, never sober for 20 something, 25 years or so. Well, that night... That night when he went out after speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost, that night he went out in his car. He kept a bottle of whiskey everywhere. He kept one in his work truck. He kept one probably two or three places in there, wherever he was, toolbox, under the seat, on the seat, in the refrigerator at the house. You know, you just name it. Out of his dog pen where his dog was, he kept one out there with the dog pen. He, wherever he wanted to he have a bottle of whiskey. Well, he, te he tells us, told us that when he went out the, after leaving, talking in tongues, getting in the car after church. He reached down there wherever he had his whiskey bottle and took it out, and he took the lid off, and he didn't want to drink. He looked at it. He said, I, I, I don't want it. Th this is what we're talking about, folks. This is what the Holy Ghost can do, the real, genuine Holy Ghost can do. And so he did receive it. Amen. And God moved through him, worked through him, did all kinds of things. My wife and I drove to Natchez every week for I don't know how many weeks and sat in their living room or their kitchen and taught them. And they had friends over and we taught them Bible studies. And uh, his kids came on into the church later and sons-in-laws. And, and so, so God did a work, but it was just that Howard was honest. God, I want this. If it's real, I want it. If we can be honest, amen, amen. And I'm looking through a window that we're just expanding. There are more Howards out there. There are people that you would never dream that's been in search and been looking diligently for a relationship, a real relationship with God, amen, forever, how long, amen. And when they come in contact with this, it's just like people walk in these doors. Some of them think we're off our rocker. They've been taught that, okay, or somebody's put that in it. And it, at the same time, we've had other folks walk in, and the first thing they say is, I've been looking for this all of my life. That's the ones we're looking for. That's the ones, amen, that God's calling. Hallelujah. Amen. So Ezekiel saw, amen, his vision. He saw narrow windows. Amen. Little chambers. Amen. You see, folks, if, if we cannot see God as he really is, we got to have a way to see him. Amen. Amen. You, you may have a distorted view. And, and, of course, teaching, whatever kind of teaching and training it is, if it's not right on the money, you may not be seeing God like he really is. I mean, let me just throw out a couple of things. We can't see God as being hateful. That's not how he is and who he is. We, we can't see God as being mean and quick to punish and, and to remember iniquities. God said he would forget those things. In fact, he said he would take our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. One place said he would throw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, wherever that is, amen, away and apart from us. But if we, if, if, if we don't understand this, if we have a distorted view of God, amen, these things will come back up and put guilt on us. We won't be able to get a prayer through. Our witness will be shot. We won't, nobody's going to listen to us if we're guilt-ridden. But if we know that all we got to do is just say, God, listen, I messed up. 
I'm not trying to streamline this. I'm not trying to go loose and liberal on us either. I'm just trying to preach the truth here. When we come to God in sincerity, listen, David committed adultery. He took another man's wife and had the man killed. God never changed his mind about David being a man after God's own heart. That didn't mean he was like God. That meant he wanted to be like God. That meant he was after God. He saw that. He, that meant he never gave up. Peter lied, denied the Lord. He's one of them. No, not me. I don't know what you're talking about. And the cock crowed. That's who God picked. Amen. And he gave him the keys to the kingdom. Amen. He said, Peter, whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. And whatever you loose, I mean, you bind down here, I'm going to back you up. But we think that when we mess up, we think that when we make a mistake, that's the end of it. Men more so than women because maybe we have more manly pride. <coughs> and we don't want to be a hypocrite. And so we'll just quit because we messed up. No, repent. Ask God to forgive you. Amen. Step back up to the plate again. I'm going to take another swing at this. Hallelujah. We have to see this. Amen. And these narrow windows, amen, can be a great hindrance to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want my view of God to be distorted. Amen. Amen. You know, a fear of his exactness got the measuring rod on us. Amen. His demanding nature is the only facet of God that some folks can see. You get all the rules, and then we build a wall around it, and then we may put a narrow window in it, and nobody can reach us. We got this revelation. Maybe it is a truth. Maybe it is a revelation from God. But folks can't get to us. They can't reach this. They can't attain this. And we have to get those rooms a little bigger, those hallways a little wider. Hallelujah. I hate narrow space. I hate, give, me some, give me some space. Do you ever go in a little, you know, we came from a little country town, and they had, was that Beasley's Drugstore? Beasley's Drugstore. Y'all never, now, now, Sister Gregory Bay, she probably understands this, from Oakland out there. Amen, a little town. That's, I love to go to those little towns, little quaint places. Our little town, you could go down that one street. <laughs> Well, it actually had, well, it was a, it was a wire there. They had a caution, one caution light in the town. No red lights, okay, just kind of come through. They said it was a blink town. If you blink your eye, you'll miss it. You know, what was that? Oh, that was Harrisonburg, okay. But you could go down to Beasley's. That's back before Walmart's. Big, big box, none of that. You go to Beasley's uh, little store in there. Now, they had a little bar right there, a little thing right there. You could get a soda. You could get ice cream. But then they had like two little aisles, and they were narrow. And you could get, but and it even, I think it even had a screen door that went, and when you let it go, it had a bell on it, and it would go, and when that little bell went off, Miss Beasley was looking at you. And if you walked over that one little spot where she, you was, she couldn't see you, she'd walk down the aisle and watch you. And the aisle was about as long as these pews right here. That's as far as it was. Oh, I didn't like that. I didn't know I didn't like it. It was the only thing I knew. If you wanted to buy anything from the, you know, the drugstore, you know, you had to go to Beasley's. Right? That's the only thing that was around, all right, in our little town. But it was so small and so narrow. You get like three people in there. It was crowded. I like Walmart. <laughs> they even got now. My sister Melissa, she calls in or gets online and buys groceries and stuff. And they are right out there. You just drive up and they put the groceries in your car and you go. You don't even have to go in now. I mean, you talk about people that, that, that are widening the windows. They begin to see people's needs. They do the, you know, they do the research on that. You know, when you see a new Sonic go up and you see a Walmart, you, you can just understand. They didn't just see a nice open place out there. No, no, they done, they done, done all the demographics and realized all the traffic and, and the people that would, you know, that would be customers. They, they widened the windows. It was not Beasley's drugstore deal. Nuh-uh. Amen. It was so big. And, I, and you know what? I like to just go in and, and almost like 
you're walking in just like this. You walk right into water. <laughs> and they got a greeter, the whole deal. You know, how, how you doing? You need help? No, I'm fine. I just want to walk down these wide aisles. I want to just, hey, and, I, and it's things everywhere. And I want to just look and just see. And I might see something that I want. And there it is. Not Beasley's. I, you know, there's churches, though. We're just like Beasley's store. You ever been to it? Some of y'all hadn't been to those little churches where you can almost hear when the door creaks in the back. It's the all five or six people in the church. They go, they see who's coming in the door. I've been there. I've actually gone, I'm going to be real quiet, and I'm going to go in this church. And I always had this fear about churches. I was like, I really don't know where this door leads to. Anybody ever fear like that? Especially if it's not one of those tradition churches. I'm going to eat churches. Our service is already going on. You know, but I'm just going to ease in and sit on the back. But my fear has been like, I'm going to open this door, and I'm going to be on the platform. <laughs> I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be looking straight at everybody in there. It's going to be looking right at me. You know? I don't want that. I want to sneak in, you know, because I don't have anything to say, you know. Don't have a special song. <laughs> but see, you, you you go to Walmart, you know the front door. They have the entranceway right there. They have all that. Home Depot's the same way. Lowe's the same way. There they are, the big doors. Only there's the door we go in. And you know what? Any one of them you want to go in, you can go one to go to Timbuktu. You can go anywhere in the country. And you go in a Walmart or you go in a Lowe's or you go in a Home Depot, you already know pretty much what you're going to see in there because they're all built just alike. That's like when you see that McDonald's. Now, I, you know, I don't know if we did when we went to the Philippines, if we went to McDonald's or not. It seemed like we I know we went to Pizza Hut. And we, but, but, but see those chains, no matter where in the world they are, you know what the burger's going to taste like. You know what the service is going to be like, amen, because they done figured all that out, and when you get there, you're expecting a Big Mac, you know, and that's what you're going to get, amen. Wouldn't it be awesome, amen, if we get the, the window open enough that we said, you know what, we know what people's looking for. They can walk in here, amen, nobody's going to mess with them. We're going to be nice to them and speak to them, amen. We done done the demographics on this thing. We done studied that. We know what people like, what they don't like. Now, they're going to get crossed up just a little bit when it comes to doctrine, but if they're sincere, they're going to say, you know what, I want, you, know what that, you know what that brings me to? If our spirit is right when we deliver it, if we have an ugly spirit, a know-it-all spirit, a judgmental spirit, there'll be more people walk out. There'll be people walk out anyway, all right? I don't think you've had good church. There are a couple of people that got mad at you, all right? But, but honest people, they're going to feel something, amen, because of our sincerity and our desire to help them and bless them. That's what we're talking about, amen. Let's expand the windows. We see them. We know who they are when they walk in because we have done our homework and everything's set up not for us. We're not surrounding ourselves, and this is our little nest. We worked hard. We sweat. We gave our money for this, and ain't nobody going to mess it up. I used to preach when we first started. Sister Donna, I said, I hope somebody comes in. Because, you know, we have, this, we have this human nature. This is my pew. I've been here for 20 years. I paid for this pew. That's why we're not going hey, to put plaques on pews. I got my name on that pew. Nobody, and I used to preach. I said, I hope we grow so much when you come to church next Sunday, somebody's got your seat. Somebody you ain't never seen before done walked in here. They don't know. But yeah, we take, we lay claim to it after a while. And we kind of got that. Oh, I like it right here. It's what I want. And I've actually seen people stand at the end of the pew and be mad. Somebody got their seat. And my thought is, you know, you ought to have been here earlier. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you got here too late some visitor done got your seat hallelujah praise God I better move on y'all y'all okay alright hey it's almost time for me to quit right now amen so, so, so I don't want to view everybody through my little window from my safe place I don't want that amen amen it, 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 it's so vitally important folks that not only us, but the world, see God like he really is. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not hateful or mean. 
He loves us and he forgives us when we repent and he lifts us when we're discouraged and strengthens us when we're weak. Amen. We know that Jesus is on our side and when he, you know, he will com complete this work. Amen. We have to understand that and we have to preach that. He, he, he'll get this thing done. Amen. He started a work in us. He begun a work and so he's going to finish it. Amen. But we also know that he expects our very best. Amen. When, it, when it's time to worship, he wants us to worship with all of our hearts. That's what he says in the scripture. Not hard to understand here. When it's time to preach, he wants us to preach truth and nothing less than the truth. You know, I, I don't know why preachers want to start letting down because we want to be so sweet and so nice, we end up, we don't preach anything. Well, the true, you know, there may be hypocrites out there that like that. But the honest people, that's the one we're in search of, that's the one we're looking for, they want you to tell the truth, even if it stings, even if it hurts a little bit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He also wants holy, righteous, sober, godly people. So, you know, we don't feel like we've attained it and reached that place yet, but that doesn't mean we just give up on it and start telling everybody to live any old way they want. That's not, that's not what God's Word teaches he expects the best of us. Amen. And thank God, amen, he has put his best in us. That's why that we say, you know what, don't just accept Christ. If you did that, great. But there's more. Don't stop there. Amen. Press on. Get whatever God's got for you. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. If, if the room is little, then there's no room for a large window. Think about that a little bit. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's what we want. We need to enlarge our windows. If we confine ourselves to small ideas, small dreams, then we narrow not only the world in which we live, but the world we see beyond our walls. Have you ever been in places where people thought they had all the answers? You couldn't. They had it. You just leave them alone, you know. But I've learned this, that I can always learn something if I stay open. I can always, I can always learn something else from a lot of people. It, it don't have to be a, a person who, you know, is, is super educated. I can pick up some things from just about anybody if I listen. Amen. So, folks, listen. We need to kick out some walls. Amen. We need bigger dreams. We need higher goals, greater expectations. You know, not for us, but the God in us. God's going to help us with this. If God's in this, it'll work. Amen. We need to see the opportunities of a world that is ripe for apostolic revival. Amen. You know, the, the Catholic Church right now, they're in another one of those heated, you know, situations where, you know, young people have been molested sexually in all kinds of ways and, and so it, that's, that's all in the news. You know, you know what I'm, I, I, I'm looking for, and, and, and it happens ever so often, that good, honest Catholic people who are members and have been members for generations in the church, you know, God knows what to do. God knows the, the honesty and sincere. He looks on the heart of a person. And I'm looking for people just to say, you know what, I've had it up to here. I'm ready for a change. And start looking and start searching. Amen. And they're, they're out there, folks. Amen. And when they walk in, it won't be a Catholic service. Hallelujah. And they're going to see that right off. Hallelujah. There's, I just believe there's people who are ready for this. I believe every one of us are living in rooms that are too small. All of us. I'm adding me in there. Amen. There's, there's another reason for narrow windows. They were built in the old buildings for defensive reasons. You, it's hard to put an arrow through a little window. <laughs> and so because we get defensive, it's like God, it's like the world's going to steal this away from us. Could we just relax? If you've got the Holy Ghost, there's nobody that can steal it from you. But, but some folks have the attitude that we're going to get everything all walled up and make the windows as small as we possibly can because the enemy's trying to get this. In fact, we hate to even come in contact with sinners and people in the world because we're afraid we're going, they're somehow going to defile us. 
And so we close ourselves off, and here we are uh, to the point that they can't get to us. And we're not trying to get to them. We're just happy that we're saved. Everybody all right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But we may feel safer behind these narrow windows. Amen. But, but, but we'll be less effective in the battle. You, you, you can't shoot out of a narrow window too good either. You can, you know, so, so we're going to have to just take a chance and open the window. Amen. God's going to take care of us. I'm not talking about being foolish, but I'm talking about, amen, stop trying to protect everything. Look, God gave it to you, and God can take it away, and he's the only one that can take it away. The world can't take away what God gives to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, listen I know very well how it feels when, when you trust someone and they let you down. I understand that. It hurts when you reach out to someone and they don't respond. I've been there too. Amen. But we refuse to wall ourselves inside a little room of self-centeredness and selfishness. And I'm careful to use that word, but that's the only word I could come up with that would fit that. Oh, we would, I'm offended that you said it because I'm, no, no, no. That's exactly what it comes to. I've got what I need from God. I've got an experience from God. I've got a revelation from God about how many gods there are. I know how to be baptized. I know about tongues. Now, I'm going to protect myself. No, that's called selfishness. And also it's called fear. Amen. And on that note, I'll have us all stand together. I'm not done yet. Amen. Hallelujah. We have to tear down the walls and broaden the windows. Not only is it hard, amen, to get, you know, for the, for the enemy to get through there, amen, it's hard for the sunlight to get through. I've never been in a castle, but I've read about them and I've seen pictures of them. They're dark. They're damp. There's no air that gets in there. And a lot of those, oh, they're so closed in. Why? Because it was, it was for protection. They didn't want anybody coming in there, all right? And when you need some fresh air, it's difficult for a nice, cool breeze to get through that little window. Hallelujah. Praise God. And not only that, look back on our vision. Amen. We only catch glimpses of things through those little narrow windows. If somebody's coming by, you go, what was that? Amen. Yet we tend to believe the whole world is what we see out of our narrow windows. Folks are having revival, folks. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit envious. Amen. If God's no respecter of persons, people's getting the Holy Ghost people's getting a revelation of the Holy Ghost amen it's the genuine it's the real well I want our share right here in Reisterstown Finksburg Owings Mills Westminster needs revival Hampstead needs revival hallelujah so God how do we start oh, we take out these little windows hallelujah it's funny it's funny we're going to block our windows in <laughs> well, it's all right. We got big doors. Hallelujah. Amen. Speaking spiritually. Hallelujah. I, I want to see some blue sky. Amen. What can I see from my narrow point of view? The green grass is beautiful this time of year. Boy, that grass is growing. Amen. Brother Jose, man, it just, I mean, I almost look out and see it growing. Whoa, look at that. It's beautiful and it's green. I want to see that. Amen. But with a little narrow window, I've, I've been in places where all you could see, it may be a beautiful lawn, but you could just see a little strip of it. All you could see. Why? The window is too narrow. There's so much more out there, folks. I'm so happy to have the revelation that there's only one God. And when they first began to get that revelation, it was called the mighty God in Christ. Amen. Jesus, amen, amen, is the embodiment of God the Father, the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. That invisible God. And so people began that. Began, I'm so glad we got that revelation. We got that understanding. I'm, I'm so glad we know that, you know, there's not, you know, a three-headed 
God system up there and they all talk to each other and you got to give them equal time and I, I, you know but but I can't get hung up on that you know the Bible talks about going on from those doctrines of baptisms and, and what that means is that don't mean quit doing it amen that means to proceed from if you read in the original that means proceed from that but we can stop on that and say, you know, I know how many gods there is. I know his name. His name is Jesus. That's a wonderful revelation. I know how to, I know the name to call when we put someone down in the waters of baptism. It's a wonderful thing. But I'm not going to get hung up on that either. We're going to teach it and continue to teach it. But there's other things that God wants to do in this church. But we're looking through, amen, narrow windows. And we're living in little rooms. Hallelujah. Amen. So we've been let down. So we've been hurt. Amen. We tend to say, I remember how they treated me. That's why I'm closed in. I remember what she said. I remember what they, they, I remember what they were like. And, and, and that's one of our problems. Amen. We're always remembering what we ought to forget. Amen. And we forget what we ought to be remembering. Nobody's doubting you've been hurt and you've been let down. Hallelujah. But I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. Remember such were some of you, but now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. They didn't pay much attention to Jesus when he went back to his hometown. They said, is he, this is not the carpenter's son? This is, we remember Mary, and we know the other kids in that family too. Jesus' brothers and his sisters. Amen. You know, how does he know all of this? So, so he was disrespected. Amen. And doubted. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but there are people that could be healed in our prayer service. But if we offend them with our worship and our attitude and our approach, amen. Uh, hallelujah. Some folks maybe would rather be sick and they just leave, amen, without being healed. Hallelujah. But let's think about it a minute. We're talking about Jesus, one who had never lied, who had never stole, who had never cheated. He was without sin. They could not pin one thing on him. They could not say he messed up and backslid. They could not find one single fault with him except that he challenged them to step out of those little rooms of tradition. That's what he was dealing with with the Pharisees and the scribes. Amen. But, but they built those things, those little rooms and those little windows for themselves. And they didn't want anybody else getting in. They did not recognize that there was a divine presence in our midst. Listen, I, I hate to say this, but I was raised in Pentecost since I was 12 years old. And so our Pentecostal apostolic movements, we can have a spirit of Pharisees come right in with us. The thing that we preach about and preach against, we can do that ourselves. We can get our little revelations and, and we can keep everybody else. You can't get in here with us because this is that's a Pharisee spirit. Hallelujah. But Jesus had come to them, not because they deserved it, but because he loved them and because they were his people. And that's the reason, that's the reason enough for Jesus to be here. Amen. In this service. Hallelujah. I got a bunch of notes, but I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna end on a on a different note here. Hallelujah. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I wouldn't in, intentionally try to pressure anyone to do or give anything that they don't want to. However, the scripture tells us to give and it shall be given. And so we have to put this out here. I, I'm simply telling us how to be blessed beyond measure. Open ourselves up. God's going to help take care of us. Amen. But I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to close with this. The Baptist preacher passing by and saw the little boy playing with some new, new little puppies. Stopped in to chat for a while and they talked as they admired the new puppies and the little boy expressed to the preacher that he believed that the new puppies were Baptist. So to please the preacher, that's good. A few days later, the preacher stopped by again and the little boy volunteered that the puppies were Pentecostal. 
I thought you said, you told me the other day that the puppies were Baptist. And now, how come that you're talking about them being Pentecostal now? He said, oh, they were Baptist. They were Baptist. But, but that was before their eyes were open. doesn't matter what you call yourself, what kind of name tag you got. It really, really, really does. I don't think it matters to God. Amen. Just so you have your eyes open. Just so you can see this thing. God will fill a Baptist with the Holy Ghost. I've watched God fill a Catholic with the Holy Ghost numerous times. I've watched God fill Methodist people with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And God absolutely, amen, will fill anybody Amen. With the power of the Spirit of the Lord. But we have to be able, my whole point, my, we have to be able to envision that. And you get excited about it when you start seeing a bigger vision than anything you've ever seen before. God, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to prayer on Thursday night. Why? Because there's no telling what God may do. There's no telling who God may move on and bring by the church. And not only that, amen. I can't wait to get out on the street. I can't wait to get to the restaurant. I'm going to see somebody in the restaurant and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Because God is in search. He is looking. He's looking for honest, open-hearted individuals who want a relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise one more time. God, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for touching us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your touch today. Thank you, Jesus, for your help. Hallelujah. What a move of God today in this service. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we don't want any little windows. Amen. Little rooms, narrow. We don't want that, all right? I'm spiritually speaking right now. God, open up our understanding. Amen. Let me see, God. Hallelujah. How you see it and what you see in Jesus' name. Glory, 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 glory. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody all right? Everybody okay? All right. It didn't hurt anybody too bad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have prayer. That's a great. I was thinking of that early. Thank you, Sister Melissa, for being sister. Brother Jerry's taking his two beautiful children back. Brother Jerry, why don't you step down there with them? And Sister Shannon in the house or she out amen amen you're you're a part of this Shannon whether you want to be or not amen we are we are witnessing right here these last two or three weeks God doing a work in this family as you know brother Jerry was not allowed for years to see his you know his son and his daughter beautiful beautiful kids amen why, why don't we do this we're gonna we're gonna just pray the will of God will of God. Hallelujah. You know what? We're here when we make, we have a habit of this. We start telling God what we want. You know, David prayed a prayer. Here's one of the reasons he was called a man after God's own heart. He said, God, he said, uh, don't let me steal because, or don't let me, you know, go hungry because I might steal and that's, that shall not steal. I can't do that. You know, and he just, he ended up you know, telling God, God, why don't you just give me what I need? You know what I need more than I do. But we think we know. And so it's easy to pray a prayer that we really don't need to pray. But So, so let's just pray for the will of the Lord for this family. I mean, we love Jerry and Shannon to death. And, and then, of course, naturally when their kids come up, we love their kids. They're part of this church. And so we want the will of the Lord. And he wants his kids more. And so there's a way to do that without just being in this big bind. You know, I don't know why everybody can't just like, well, okay, you take them and then we'll just have an agreement and everything will be fine. We just, just pray for the will of the Lord for you. Can we do that? And we want to bless this family in Jesus' name. God, thank you today. God, you are the master of every situation. God, right now, thank you for this blessing, these blessings you've given us for the last few weeks, God. Amen. You bless this family. We thank you for that, God. And God, from here, amen, we ask future blessings. 
Amen. Claim them right now, these two precious kids, Brother Jerry, Sister Shannon. Amen. Lay your hand upon this family. You see them as they try to serve you and live for you. Amen. Be servants for you, Lord. Amen. We believe your hand is in this, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for filling them with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the refreshing. Thank you for the renewing. Thank you for the protection. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Oh, we claim it, Lord. We claim it, Lord. We claim it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. That's beautiful. Amen. That is so sweet. In the name of the Lord. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with your neighbor. Be friendly. Amen. You're dismissed.